This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, the massacre in Bucha, Ukraine has shocked the world. And we have immediate reaction from inside war-torn Ukraine uh, with former judge Mikhailo Zernikov. He joins us on the phone from Ukraine and shares his frustrations. Are the sanctions enough to prevent further atrocities? What is Russia really up to? How is Ukraine handling it? We hear his thoughts on that and what direction the war is going in here on the podcast. What do you need to hear the truth about? If you pick a topic, what do you actually want to hear? the truth about. We ask shift heads to tell us about their burning desire for the truth about anything in life and we create some honest commercials, some honest conversations, some honest political campaigns. What would that sound like in today's world? Plus, are you okay with monkeys? What about drones doing light shows? This is the Shift Podcast. Tell me the truth. Isn't that a big statement? Isn't that kind of insulting at the same time? But the reality is we often don't tell the truth. We always share some sort of filtered version of the truth because we want to have the kid gloves on and make sure no one's feelings get hurt. We don't want to pick a fight. We don't want to look bad. And we sort of just lie all the time, really, right? What an amazing notion in life to think that we're just basically striving to get back to that place where we tell the truth. We do it out of the kindness of our heart, if you will, to be nice to one another. When someone fails you, you try to find the glasses half full so you can say to them, hey, you know, that's okay, man. I made it work and you're good and things happen and we'll just try again. Tell me the truth. Do you want to know the truth, though, truly? What do you want to know the truth about? 877-399-9898. Imagine what life looked like if we were told the truth. So let's start here. Cracked.com put together an amazing video last week. It's titled, What If Coffee Commercials Were Honest? And it got me thinking. What if all of the topics we talked about, or at least we heard about, were actually honest? The caption to this video from crack.com, what if coffee commercials were honest, reads, only good marketing could get the entire world addicted to black liquid that raises blood pressure and increases stress. Here's the clip. Ah, beautiful day. I'd call it perfect, but it's missing something, don't you think? Ah, there it is. This morning just wasn't complete until your first cup of coffee, right? Yeah, there's nothing quite like a steaming cup full of an addictive drug in the morning. I'm Roger, and I'd love to tell you about Horton brand warm addictive brown stuff. Please enjoy this footage of velvety smooth beans, followed by a well-shot close-up of a hot brown liquid that's brewed by mixing heated water with the roasted, smashed-up seeds of a flowering shrub native to Southern Africa and Tropical Asia. I only showed you that to remind you you desperately need your fix. (laughs) How could you forget? You see, these small brown seeds are a naturally occurring source of the world's most widely consumed central nervous system stimulant, caffeine. While most brain-altering substances are outlawed or at least tightly controlled by the government, this entirely legal psychoactive drug is enjoyed by basically every person you know on a daily basis, completely unrestricted and with zero cultural stigma. In fact, 
it's openly celebrated by your friends, family, and morning television personalities. Smells so good, I can't wait to add flavors and sweetener to distract from the natural flavor of this thing I claim to love and not be addicted to. I do like it. It's just that two sugars and that hazelnut creamer make it... I'm not addicted. Junkies like him keep me a harvester of brown seeds in business, but not just me. Also me, a distributor of overpriced addictive sludge. It also comes in pumpkin flavored, if you'd prefer that to the wet cigar boiled asphalt flavor that occurs naturally. I do. Great. That'll be $11. And here's a cup with your name just butchered on it to prove that you will let literally anyone treat you literally however they want as long as they're handing you a cup of the chemical reward of an unregulated psychoactive drug. Enjoy your drug disguised as a universally celebrated touchstone of human culture. Randor. <laughs> Randor? That's not even a name. <laughs> I didn't even try. It's, it's terrifyingly accurate, <laughs> isn't it? From all aspects of what is coffee, very creative, cracked.com. That's their video. Now, what if, it made me wonder, what if the lives we led were actually honest? What do you want to know the truth about? Well, here are some of the text messages about what do you want to know uh, the truth about. Um, I want to know the truth about the COVID-19 virus and where it came from. I want to know the truth about aliens. All right. Imagine if everything we did, we just shared the truth. I want to know the truth, Mick says. Thanks for the text, Mick. Did the U.S. government have anything to do with the John F. Kennedy assassination? I want to know the truth. These are big ideas. Well, that honest commercial continues with more of a focus on how coffee companies market how, quotes, ethical the product of coffee truly is. Now, I understand that you wouldn't want to associate that chemical reward with the knowledge that people with far less money than you are severely underpaid to grow and harvest these bitter, drug-laden seeds. So I'd like to show you some more footage, this time of a hard-working, happy-looking person in Ethiopia or Guatemala, somewhere hot, it doesn't really matter. I'm also going to say some words that combined with these images should make you feel better. Organic, cooperative, sustainable, ethical um, ethics. I could bore you with the details and complexities of the international commodities market, or I could just say, hey, look, this burlap bag of beans has fair trade stamped on it. That's good, <laughs> right? Sure. Or at any rate, it lets you plausibly deny that your happiness fix relies on somebody else's misery. Now the only thing that'll keep you up at night is the central nervous system stimulant you consume on a daily basis via this mix of heated water and roasted, smashed up seeds. Why are you doing this? Why are you telling us this? You're really cranky when you haven't had your coffee. You know that? 
you go. A nice warm cup of your personality. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? So what if that's what life was actually like? You could actually have that exact same commercial that Cracked.com did about sugar, right? Sugar in the 50s was marketed as, you know, have a little bump in the afternoon for the women at home so you'll be ready to be happy for when your husband comes home at the end of the day. And you can check out the marketing on sugar. So, I mean, sugar has been proven to be one of the most dreadful of the drugs that we consume all day and every day, right? But what if we actually lived life telling the truth? That really was the, um, uh, that we, what he wanted to, um, to share with you. What would life look like? So we put together a couple of topics, just short ones. They're not written as fancy as that one is, but I thought maybe we could, um, we could share a couple of them. Um, just to, to get a bit of an idea, I'll start with one about social media. Is that okay, Rye? Works for you? Yeah. Okay, cool. BK, just, it. it sounds better with the music there. So let's, let's do that one, right? Look at all of our pretty pictures. They are real. In fact, they're all edited, but they're pretty, right? Spend your time scrolling our social media app to the end of today's update on your friends. Oh, wait. We've fixed that. There's no end to this feed, because we'll just put in things that you don't even like. We'll just call them suggestions, and it'll keep you busy. We're going to watch your every move online and feed you more about what you think you want to watch. You might not even know you like it, but we do. You don't need to go to the gym anymore. Just scroll and watch others do it. Now, you can look at all the beautiful mansions that are for sale for millions of dollars when you probably should be working at your job so you can save up a down payment 20 years from now and be able to afford to buy that 300-square-foot apartment 45 minutes from where you work. You see, that all comes together nicely. Social media right there because you need another job. I uh, That would be telling the truth about subscribing to a social media app. That's That's functionally the truth. So there's there's more. Um, I just want to throw this one out there because this one came to me. I didn't write anything about it because I didn't think I needed to. You know what I want to know the truth about? Justin Trudeau's connection to China. That's what I want to know because there's just way too much of a weird connection to China there. I have another one. Would you like another one, Ryan? It's kind of like story time. Keep going with story time, man. I love stories. All right. Okay. One of the texts that came in earlier is I want to know the truth about electric cars and how the grid's going to handle it. That was a text that came in. Um, all right, let's hit the music. Move to electric. This car will cost you more than your last car, even though it has less moving parts. You can save the world by not really saving the world and simply deferring the mining activity from Canada's responsible energy production to a third world country where it's hidden and we don't have to see that ugliness anymore. But you'll feel good. Don't worry, we'll still use petroleum products in the form of plastics of your new electric car. So you don't have to be completely free of oil. You can still say you support the industry. Oh, and that rebate you get from the government when you buy that car? Just so you know, that's your own tax money just coming back to you. And by the way, that electric connection in your garage will work perfectly. As long as your neighbors don't buy an electric car, because that could crash the grid. But hey, don't forget, electric cars... They're the future. The government told you you wanted one, but they are fun to drive. 
See, that would be the truth, right? They are fun to drive. They're wicked. Can't wait to have one. So what do you want to know the truth about? Ryan, is there something for you that you want to know the truth about? Yeah, I want to know the truth about uh, just the motivation in Hollywood and in entertainment these days. Seems like we're all just kind of all just kind of in it for the money. So I thought I would maybe adjust uh, the attitude in the commercials to be a little bit more honest from how it's perceived. Let's you got us. I have to do. I need the ukulele. It's a must. Oh, thank you, Brendan. Hi, I'm a studio executive for that franchise you just love. I am excited to announce that the next 40 films in this franchise, all of them, are coming soon. And they will all look, sound, and feel exactly the same. So we will be able to make the same movie and you won't even notice. We'll keep you hooked with simple troops, tropes that are designed to activate dopamine hits in your brain. You'll want to watch more and more despite the fact you know deep down these movies are not that great and probably could use a little bit more effort. And we are proud to announce a new initiative, Studio Plus. We are going direct to your home so your lazy butt can stay on the couch while we pull all of our products from movie theaters, removing their jobs and their industry so that we can make millions upon millions of dollars by instead pumping it directly into your home. You won't even need to leave the couch. Money, money, money. Give us your money. We know you will. Money, money, money. It's all about the money. Okay, I was thinking that um, as we were telling the truth, we're talking about places in our lives where we wish we could be told the truth. Okay, I thought maybe we could run for a member of parliament, Ryan, and tell the truth about running for member of parliament. What do you say? Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear your campaign. Let's hear your pitch. All right, here it is. Let's get the music for my truth story. I'm gonna run for parliament. Hi. I'm Shane. Vote for me for Member of Parliament. When I get voted in, I promise to listen to your concerns in the form of telling you what matters to you through pamphlets that I'll constantly mail to your mailbox. Yes, I see you, Blake Richards. And I'm going to do this with your own tax money so you feel great about it. A sense of ownership. Once you elect me to be your Member of Parliament, you'll never see me in your town again. I promise not to vote for the concerns of the topics of my constituents. I will faithfully tow the party line only. You have a voice in the federal government. If you elect me, you have my voice, voicing the concerns of my party. After they've decided what the most important things are that matter to you, we'll voice them. Vote Shane for MP. He's got my vote. <laughs> that's what it's like what do you want to hear the truth about um i want to hear the truth about why the trudeau government wants to bankrupt this company uh, country that's from uh henry trucker kevin says i want to hear the real truth about climate change um well the the uh the greenwashing part by the way of the coffee one the second part that we played there was quite amazing i thought the greenwashing greenwashing is a legitimate thing it's marketing green in places where they don't need to market green jasper says i want to know the truth about ufos abductions and the government's involvement in all of that Ooh, that'd be good dave scott would love you jasper okay uh i have another one would you like another one 
Um, I have a short one with the price of gas. And I have one about the Canadian military. Let's do the Canadian military, shall we? Because the Canadian military last week or two weeks ago released that they're about 7,000 soldiers short for their optimum operating uh, number. So let's do the truth about the Canadian military. Are you looking to stand up for your country? To get an honorable career in Canada, you can work for the Canadian military and get some of the world's best special forces training available. You can be part of the best. It's true. The entire world recognizes Canadian special forces as being the best. There's only going to be a few thousand of you, just so you know, to protect all of Canada. So you'll be busy. Imagine the connection you'll feel to generations before you as you kick it old school in Canada's old airplanes and even older ships. It'll be a beautiful trip back in time to explore your roots in the Canadian military. And we have good news about your future. If you become a general and break the law, you won't have a criminal record, even after you lie about it. Well, if you're not a man anyway, because only men get that rule, just so you know. So sign up today. kind of the truth, right? Maybe we should start talking about it that way and stop with the snow job that we do in life. It's playful. It's fun. We're conditioned to lie and make things sound good in life so we fit in. And uh, when we talk about some of these things that are incredibly important, as playful as this is, it's kind of grounding, isn't it? It makes you think a little bit. It makes you think. That a little tiny little playful coffee commercial about telling the truth can take a real hard look at the things we willingly include in our lives that we might not believe in. This is the Shift Podcast. Mikhailo, how are you? Yes, hi. Uh, well, five. I want to say fine, but uh, you know, we're, we're all, I guess we're all seeing pictures from Bucha and, and other places. Yeah. Kiev, well, that's, uh, uh, yeah. That's, that's not fine. Right. And this is, uh, Mikhailo, we've been able to have uh, personal conversations and uh, professional conversations on the radio and all these things. And, and leading into this, I shared with the audience, I said that this conversation is probably going to be the ugly one. This is going to be the hard stuff that Mikhailo and I will talk about. So let's just acknowledge that right now that what we're about to talk about is absolutely ugly and um and we yeah. do have to ask some of those questions because i'm curious to see um what that looks like from inside ukraine uh, your perspective on this i mean you, you used to work as a judge so when you see you know war crimes like this this must i'm assuming and please correct me if i'm wrong Mikhailo, that you this must hit you because of the stand you've taken in your life and your career this one must hit you differently well, yeah, I, uh, I don't know actually. I, um, I don't know. How, I don't know how it can hit differently, that differently. People who you know who are Ukrainians and who, and and how how any sane person can actually do such things. That's that's what I that's what I'm wondering because I know it it, I know it's been in history. I know I know history kind of repeats itself, but um, you know such atrocities that we saw, uh, you know, raping children, killing. Uh, civilians with hands behind their 
backstide, uh, you know, atrocities, hundreds and hundreds of people murdered, slaughtered. That's I, 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 I just cannot, I refuse to, you know, acknowledge this is happening in the 21st century in the heart of Europe. Well, isn't that the case, right? I mean, it, it, it is 2022, and, and yet these things are happening. 2022, I mean, I'm sorry, yes, I'm, I'm already, yeah. yeah. But, the, but the, the, the reality is is that, you know, I mean, you can kind of expect the looting, right? Like in Russia, there's a lot of uh, poor people who are going to steal stuff. You can sort of expect that, right? Like you, to have someone steal jewelry or whatever from a house, I'm not saying it's okay, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Right. But this this stuff is next level. Now, this is the scary part to me, Mikhailo, is that in Bucha, the, the troops have withdrawn, reportedly withdrawn from that area north of Kiev and then being, uh, you know, they expect sort of sneaking back into Belarus, skirting around back into Russia along the east side and probably getting involved in the in the fight there. But there's an awful lot of areas that have been out of touch like Bucha was for a lot of weeks. This could yeah. be the uh, metaphorical tip of the iceberg. Um, there, there, it is possible, and this is what concerns me, that there is a lot more of this we just don't know yet. Well, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, uh, th there's a discussion. You're absolutely right. Bucha is 30,000 people. Mariupol, that is now partly occupied, but still, you know, our, our forces are still are still um, holding the, the, the center of the city. Uh, it's 400,000 people or more. Uh, and... Uh, you know, okay, okay. Some of them fled the first couple of days. Not, you know, not the majority, definitely. So it's it's ten times bigger uh, or more. And we've seen reports. You know, people eating dogs seven more than more than a week ago. We know what comes next after the, after eating dogs. I, I don't want to, you know, spell it out, but uh, uh, because it was occupied and because it's occupied for so long, there's no water, there's no electricity, there's no nothing. Um, you can only imagine what things are happening there, what things are happening in Kherson, that is also a big city, um, you know, uh, also times bigger than Bucha. So uh, when I hear things like, oh, there's not enough Ukrainians that to, to consider this, this a genocide, I'm sorry, this comes from President Biden, by the way. He's one of the leaders of the free world. And he says, oh, you know, it's war crimes, but, you know, we're not sure it is um, it is genocide. What else should be there? How many Ukrainians should die for everybody to understand? And first of all, let us get back to, to the argument. There are times and times more dead, times and times more mass graves. There's just ones that have been discovered uh, because, you know, the, the, the Russian troops left the these places that are very small compared to, to the other places that are currently occupied by the Russian forces. And we, what, is there a difference? Uh, what, what, what should be a reason for the, for the, for the difference to be there between, you know, Bucha and, and other places that are times bigger uh, that are currently under the Russian occupation? There's none. So uh, right now, already, as we're speaking, these atrocities continue uh, happening. And uh, it's just sickening to... Uh, to listen to these arguments that you know, oh, uh, it's maybe it's not that bad anymore. Let's let us sit on Russian oil and gas for for a little longer, and you know, do not impose embargo, or do not, uh, you know, give Ukraine the um, um, offensive uh, weaponry because we we have to retake these uh, territories uh, at once. We have to retake them now for these atrocities to stop happening, and that you know, the failure to to recognize that, or the failure, or, or I don't know what's even worse, the the uh, pretending to not recognize them, it's, it's just sickening to me. Does it bother you to see your president walking around? He was in Bucha, 
And um, I, I guess yeah. it's a great leadership opportunity. It's a great photo opportunity to politic a little bit and show that he's there, that he's involved. It probably inspires many people to know that their leader's not hiding in some on some beach with palm trees and all of that. I get that part. Yeah. But he's walking around in a place where in Bucha, which they believe that in a lot of cases, snipers were practicing on some of these people carrying their groceries. And um, now mm-hmm. I realize they, they've, they've pulled away, but the president's walking around with armor on his chest, but no helmet on, stuff like that. Is that concerning to you, Ukrainian? Because even me as a Canadian, I looked at this and I went, well, wait a second. I'm not quite sure this is the best idea. If something were to happen mm-hmm. to that guy, I mean, that turns this whole thing upside down. Well, yes, uh, you know, um, President Zelensky is considered here in Ukraine and and, uh, um, abroad, and that's for a reason. Um, And, and you know, he shows that he's different from, and he he truly is, and the Ukrainian people are very different from the Russian people, as as we can all see now, and and, uh, so is is the president. He is not, he doesn't fear, you know, to... to, um, to be there and to meet people and and all that can, can compare that to uh, Russia's president Vladimir Putin sitting I don't know tens of meters away from his closest allies you know the the, the famous or the infamous pictures um, anyway uh, what I'm trying to say he, I, I guess I do believe very much in the who are also heroes are Ukrainian special services and Ukrainian army and I and I believe in their professionalism and that they can secure the area so the president can uh, walk and, and talk to to his people and to and, and get the information directly from where it is, which is extremely important for the the um, you know wartime. Uh, again, compare that to the Russian president that you know is just making. Um, absolutely nightmarish and illogical decisions to um, uh, invade Ukraine for, for, for in the first place than to, to do the things that are to make the things happen that, that, that are happening. And also because he, he is a very distorted view of, uh, of, of the world. Uh, and and that, that, that comes with not being present, that comes not being, you know, involved. So that is why um, I think, is it risky? I guess so. But is it, is it important to show support? Is it important to get the information firsthand? Absolutely, yes. I want to speculate a little bit, and I'm going to be hope that I'm, I'm going to hope that I'm wrong. Um, from the outside of watching what's going on here, and I, I just want to get your thoughts on this, because if you look at what's happening, you know, all the work around Kiev really kept an awful lot of the troops to protect the capital. And I'm not an mm-hmm. expert. I'm yeah. not a military scientist. I don't study these things. But from watching what's going on from the outside, Mikhailo, here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that everything to do with Kiev was just part of a distraction to keep the core of the, you know, protection for the president and for the capital. Now they've withdrawn. The speculation is that the withdrawal uh, is going to pull back into Belarus, uh, pull back into Russia, skirt around down to the eastern Donetsk area, and get involved down there. What we've started yeah. to see was Odessa get hit this weekend with rockets for the first time. And mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong, and I don't know how to say it. Is the is it uh, Dnieper, Dnieper River? How do you pronounce that? Dnieper, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dnieper? Dnieper. Uh, uh, so say that one more time, please. Dnipro. Yeah. Oh, Dnipro. Okay, cool. Thank yeah. you. Well, that's, that's, yeah, most welcome. So, well, my thought is, is that, um, 
here's what I worry about. I worry about now these troops are trained, these troops have experience, and now they're going to skirt. Yeah. They've already got Mariupol, uh, Berdyansk, now swore, uh, towards uh, Kherson and Mykolaiv, and then there's Odessa. And once you get to Odessa, you basically have the entire Black Sea. You cut yeah. off Ukraine from the Black Sea. You're connected to Moldova. And now you sit back, much like um, everything had happened before, you know, with um, everything that happened in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, and try to cut Ukraine in half. And they're going to cut in half from, say, Kharkiv down to Odessa, cut the river in half, have total control of the river, and then from Moldova back to Russia and get that whole south end. Now, I'm only speculating. I'm not an expert. But to me, uh, God help me, I hope I'm wrong. But to me, that must be really concerning because that also would mean a complete redistribution of Ukrainian resources as well. Well, sure. I mean, the, the the plan has been like this all along, even back in 2014. Uh, they only managed to, you know, capture Crimea and, and small parts of, of Donetsk and Luhansk uh, oblasts, so only 7% of Ukrainian territory back then. And, but, uh, the, the, you know, their, their propaganda uh, had this, uh, you know, south, uh, quote-unquote, south, southern and eastern Ukraine um, all along. So um, it was aimed at that, and they, they hoped they would, uh, you know, uh, capture that with, uh, relatively, say, relatively easily. They didn't. Uh, now they're trying to, say, repeat the um, the same uh, the same thing. I don't know. The, uh, I'm not sure Kiev. No, I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm convinced actually. Kiev wasn't just a distraction. Uh, they, they wanted to take Kiev. Now they wanted. You know, they have the appetite uh, because they because the world did not respond properly to their uh, you know uh, unlawful and absolutely brutal seizure of uh, Crimea and and the occupation of the of part of Ukrainian territory. Uh, for them, there was a green light to you know to to attack the whole country, and they wanted to capture Kiev. And they had they even had the articles on Autopost saying, oh, uh, two days after the you know Kiev was captured, and now is a new page and whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they just they just forgot to delete them. And there's been in the news that you know um, such articles appeared. So they had these plans. That there's a lot of things that are showing that they wanted to, to capture Kiev. Now they now they couldn't, and they of course they they. they they also disseminated through, you know, their propaganda channels. Right? I mean, for for many days uh, since the since the beginning of the full scale invasion. So, but they couldn't. So now they're changing the tactics. It looks. But I, I think you're absolutely right that they will try to capture now more of uh, eastern Ukraine and try to, you know, try to secure the whole south, which of course would be nightmarish for not only Ukraine, for the whole region and, and for the whole world, because, uh, you, I mean, again, Russia will just be not punished. Russia will be, in a way, uh, uh, you know, the, the, still there's not enough response. You know, the, the Russia is now the most sanctioned uh, country, blah, blah, but the, many of the sanctions will not have the, their effect before 2000. 23 before the next year and that's way too late i mean by yeah. by then we will not i i wonder whether the ukraine will still exist you know and we we have our because of the destructions we because of the occupation because of many things because of idps we have our 
uh, also our our economy brought down very significantly, and we will we do not have this time. We don't have the luxury of just sitting here and waiting. Oh, what happens next? No, give us the arms now. Give us the the financial support now. Embargo the Russian oil and gas now. This is the only way you can stop these uh, atrocities and minimize them. Because the, again, uh, I repeat, as we're speaking, they're happening in real time. Yeah, and I, I'm a, I, God help me if I'm if I'm right. It's not what I want, but I think that it becomes more and more glaringly obviously that you know the Belarus uh, thing is going to happen, and that's going to be less puppet, more real. Um, slide across the south to Moldova, just like in Crimea. And we were told with one of our other contacts in Ukraine that they believe up to a hundred thousand Russians moved into Crimea since 2014 for jobs and work and whatever mm-hmm. to make sure that the the um, the political alliance at least was more Russian than it was Ukrainian uh, to begin with. So I mean that influencing that way, um, they've done it before. They've done it in other countries as well. So if you end up with Belarus and Moldova plus the Black Sea cut off, then all of a sudden Ukraine gets real small really quick unless that help shows up. And you can start to see, not to speculate or what if or, or anything like that, but when you start to see it from that lens, you start to go, Oh, okay. Um, this is a, it always has been a global problem. The world has already been affected by this. And they, I always find it amazing that the world doesn't quite realize this. Now, there are sanctions, more sanctions coming for Belarus and actors that are helping. How does mm-hmm. that sit with Ukraine? Is it too little, too late, not enough, or is it is it good news? Well, it's, it's good news because it's it's important to show to you know, but still, you know, hope still not lost on Belarus. We've seen uh, Belarus dictator, self-proclaimed president Lukashenko, uh, you know, kind of trying to. Uh, sit in the two chairs at once. Uh, yes, he's still he's he's a you know Ukraine, Belarus uh, is, is a is a part of, of of what is happening because you know we've been Russian troops are are getting through Belarus. Their uh, you know their territory is used for you know bombings and shellings and whatnot. So there are a party to this, but still they did not engage with troops on the ground. And I guess they see now that there's a reluctance in the Belarusian troops to do that. They also see what is happening. So what I'm trying to say, it is still it's important to increase sanctions. It's important to show to Belarus that, you know, in no way it will be disastrous for Belarus to, to make this move. And of course, um, that, w- that would, uh, I quite honestly do not believe that will it will change. Well, it, sorry. I, yeah, I, I do believe it will change things for, for the worse, of course, and, 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 and it is. I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, of course, Belarus doesn't have overwhelmingly um, many more soldiers that you know Russia or that Ukraine has, unlike Russia. But uh, still, of course, there, there would be uh, a, a not a good move with a different dynamic if Belarus joins the full scale uh, joins the invasion. So, of course, it is important to to push sanctions and, and to give messages to Belarusian leadership that it's in no way it is an option. I want to be distinct, though, Mikhailo, that I don't believe that Russia is going to win. I don't believe that these things are going to yeah. happen. Um, I just want you to know that I don't I don't have any doubts in thank my you, mind that this is going to. Right. I just want you to know that I just I am trying to look at the map and say, OK, what could be at play here and um, yeah. and what could be the intention? And, and so I just want you to know that my belief still sits in the same place yours does. Thank you, Shane. And it's well, it's it's also, it's also a belief of Ukrainian people. And it's important to recognize that, you know, uh, 
Putin is, or not Putin, it's Russia. It's, it's, it's a Russian population also. It's not just Putin. It's, it's wrong to say, oh, it's just Putin. Take Putin away. You know, Russians are good. Uh, they suffer because they can't use their credit cards. Bullshit. It's, it's the Russian population. 83% support what Putin does. 80-something percent support to attack the, the EU and NATO countries next. This, this is what's happening. This is what Russian population is about. And it's, Putin was not in Bucha, by the way. It, it was not Putin in Bucha. It was the Russian populace. Uh, the Russian people mm. murdering the Ukrainian people, essentially. That's what's happening. Mm. Let's, let's, let's recognize that. Um, and because of that, sanctions are, are important. And because of that, I'm sorry, I don't care if you can use your, cre- your credit card if you're a Russian person. You have to do something that you're... You have, to, you have to do something that your country did not attack mine. Now you have to do something that it stops doing that. If, you don't, if you're not doing that, I'm sorry. I mean, all things should happen to you. Uh, for you to, to, to stop that. And, and it's not aimed at, at Russian people. It's saying that uh, Russian economy, so they do not have the means to continue this brutal, inhumane aggression. That's, that's very clear. Now, uh, when it comes to the prospects of this war, uh, 93% of Ukrainians are sure will win. Uh, and and the, the, this, this number is ever growing. And the support of the president and the current power is growing. And uh, uh, 90% of the people do not even want to leave their town. Um, what, what doesn't matter what happens. So the, it's overwhelmingly, you know, we, we will fight until until the last soldier. That, that's that's what that's the mood in, in the in the population and in the army. We know there's some peace talks and and some proposals to you know there's some people in the government who are engaged in that. But uh, I don't think any anything that looks like. Um, we're surrendering, we'll, we'll fly with Ukrainian people and the, and the Ukrainian army. It's important to recognize that. Uh, and Putin, Putin is fighting with, Russia is fighting with 200,000 uh, people. We're fighting with 40 million um, people in Ukraine. So that's, uh, I, I do agree with you. We will win this. We, it's the, the, what matters is the cost at which we will win. And then, uh, you know, the, the image of every civilized nation in the world that will, you know, wonder what, did go wrong that you know such atrocities happened that's you know that's that's what's going wrong not enough help to ukraine so do provide it now so then you do not wonder what went wrong you canadians are listening to you it's very inspiring as always mikhailo zernikov from ukraine with uh, a very grounded look at what is happening stay safe my friend and um and i wish you, you well Shane. i look forward to chat- chatting soon thank you thank you likewise thank you This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay with... Are you okay with monkeys? Oh, they're yeah. cute. They are cute. They're very cute. Creepy, though. You, uh, creepy. Shane, do you remember my, uh, my, my monkey swinger? Oh, Swinger the Monkey. Mm. Ryan O'Donnell's favorite stuffy that, uh, yeah. as a young man... Uh, he had a monkey that was uh, has been with him forever, safely packed in a box now, uh, unless that's been updated. Swinger the monkey Oops, until until Ryan uh, realized what Swinger meant last year. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so, um, yeah, of course, monkeys are monkeys are cute and they're kind of cool. Have you ever seen the ones that like their their necks bulge out? It's like they oh, got yeah. like, a giant. They make that big sound. I don't sound. know what that is. Yeah, it's cool. They're cool animals. Yeah. Amazing. Like nature docs on them. They're kind of creepy though, because they're so human at times that, and then you're yep. like, yeah, but you're a little creature. Have you seen the, 
there's like a theory that gor- certain species of gorillas are in their version of a stone age right now because some of them have been seen really? like being able to pick up a like and kayak without really being told what to do there's like oh. some theories that that's really like eh? evolution happening the in gorillas are going like costco yeah. and getting a kayak too then yeah that'd be funny <laughs> 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 they'll be able to carry it out on their own <laughs> right oh monkeys are fun i like the little ones you see people they hang out with the people they you know eat the food uh, they uh, they kind of you know drape off the neck the pet ones I you know I realize the pet thing's not cool they should probably be living their happy monkey life but they're rather mischief mischievous or as Riot likes to call it mischievous they're cute and they're also a tourist attraction in Florida. What does it mean to be from Florida? <laughs> Florida, straight drip. A pack of monkeys. Are they really called a pack? I don't know. Honestly, there's too many. I wish we could just pick one word for all groups of animals. I don't know why we have to have 5 million different ones. Um, But but look it up. We do this every time we talk about an animal. It's a troop or a A barrel of monkeys. That's delightful. It is a barrel of monkeys. Hmm. Who knew? All right. So there's a troop of monkeys hanging out. Uh, or I'm going to change that too. There's a troop of monkeys swinging nice. near a South Florida airport. Oh. <laughs> and tourists can stop taking pictures of them and stopping on the side of the road to gaze at them. Okay. And tourists are stopping to take pictures of them, stopping on the side of the road to gaze at them, kind of like tourists wanting to take pictures of bears in the mountains. <laughs> okay. All right. It's the same. It's the same thing. You know, like when you're if you have ever yeah. driven through the Rockies and there's a bear on the yeah. side of the road, there's a tourist yeah. that is pulled over, pulled and over, blocks the yeah, that yeah. in front of an airport, but with monkeys. Okay, I, I got the I got the notion. You were putting there. It was the mm-hmm. other stuff. Uh, tourists oh. are also probably sound like Jeremy Clarkson when he saw monkeys in Africa. Monkey, monkey, monkey. <laughs> I, love I love it that so much according to the huffington post the united states has no native monkeys but the smallest vervets have roamed dania beach since the late 1940s after a dozen brought from west africa fled a now long closed breeding facility and roadside zoo florida has few colonies have escaped uh how do you pronounce that uh macau macau Macaquis? <laughs> I don't think it's macaquis. Macaquis? Macaquis? Well, first of all, familiar. I don't trust that it's spelled properly. It is It is spelled correctly. Absolutely spelled correctly. Macaques? Macaques? Uh, macaque. Might be. Yeah, macaque. Macaca. A genus macaca, a gregarious old world monkey of the subfamily... Cersoethesine. 23 species of macaques inhabit ranges from Asia, North Africa, and in one instant, Gibraltar. There you go. Cool. Who knew? Look, we learn new things here on the shift. Also, squirrel monkeys. Way easier to say. Thank you. (laughs) So Uh, much easier. (laughs) 
are people very passionate about the macaques and the squirrel monkeys, like Missy Williams from Lynn University. I love animals. So um, it was really a no-brainer. I think I've always had a natural draw to animals, and then especially when you see something so unique here and these animals need help, I didn't even think twice about it. They're very habituated to people, and if you look historically at their record being here for the last about 80 years, there's always been people feeding them. So there's always been a relationship between monkey and human here in Dana Beach. It is so unusual, but still very amazing that you'll see monkeys from Africa in an urban setting near the airport, near Port Everglades, where people park their cars, and just here comes a monkey walking along. They're not aggressive. They're just out and about conducting their business like you or I would. So it's really about learning to share space with a monkey, and that's not something that you see in the U.S. very often, right? Mm, That's probably debatable. Yeah, I was going to say that's actually very debatable. Based on the behavior of some people monkeying around okay so uh the maca macaques of the genus macaca gregarious old world monkeys of the subfamily circopithinicinae probably not right uh they are the ones that look like the cute little guys that like have the cute little fingers that just hang out with you like in a in some sort of right. like market i imagine like a rapper would have one as a pet like a rapper and give like justin like bieber had that left jewelry. in germany Right. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. Simpler times. Florida wildlife officials often kill invasive species to protect native animals. It's kind, but they tolerate the vervet monkeys as long as they stay put. Stay at the airport. Williams wants Florida to allow the release of captured vervets. Unlike Burmese pythons, iguanas, and other invasive species, she argues the colony doesn't harm the environment. You know. If ever I was to guess what we were going to do on Are You Okay, there was not a single piece of that story that I ever thought we'd talk about. Yeah. Hmm. But How about that? I, I have to... I don't think the monkeys should be there. They should probably be in Africa, like, you know, where there's a habitat for them. Like, I understand, hey, they're not doing anything wrong. But do they need yeah, to but... be in Florida? Do they need to be there? Does anyone... that comes from the guy who's half american (laughs) my mom lives there (laughs) and your mom lives in florida yeah Yeah. florida i mean let's give the monkeys a little bit of credit i mean if they happen to like menthol cigarettes and pabst blue ribbon little milwaukee maybe right some bourbon then yeah they can stay i mean you can't say you can't all regularly get you know, Milwaukee beers in um, in Africa, I'm assuming. So, you know, let the poor guys stay. Let them have their smokes. And their free food from the uh, from all the tourists feeding the monkeys. Yeah. We just all agree, don't, if you, it's a, it's a thing in the Rocky Mountains where we live. Uh, you see the tourists do it all the time. Don't get out of your car and take a picture because bears are on the side of the road. Can we just all agree that that's just not good? Because you know those people who rent the RVs, like the motorhomes? You see them all the time, pulled over on the side of the highway, which is dangerous enough. And then they get out, and they're like, oh, look, bears. Let's take a picture with the bears. Please don't do that. Yeah, you can't um, feed a bear. Well, yeah, you can. Well, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Actually, you can. <laughs> it's just a very different experience than feeding a monkey. Stick up your hand. Yep. All right. Are you okay with drone light shows? 
Ooh, uh, I've never seen one in person, oh, cool. but I saw the one that online that uh, the Saudi Arabian government threw for the king's birth, the prince's birthday, where they just made his face in the sky. I thought that's mm-hmm. weird, but would I love to see that with something else? Yeah, totally. Oh, it's amazing. It's like the new tech fireworks. Drones can be set to fly in packs of more than a 100 to create an illusion of literally anything. Because they have lights on them, they change the colors of the lights, they fly in sequence and create all kinds of images in the sky. They're pre-programmed to do it, so they know where all the other drones are, and they create anything. Dragons, planes, kings, you name it. There's a real art to drones in the sky for light shows. I could compare uh, drone animation to pixel art. The idea is to deliver a story and emotion to the audience with a limited number of pixels. The rules that apply to traditional animation in general also apply to drone choreography. One major difference is that the drone animation is meant to be seen from any direction, while in film you compose the frame just for one viewer. Of course there are additional conditions that have to be considered when animating the show, which are not present in our everyday workflow, such as speed and distance between each drone. It's a very interesting set of new challenges that we're learning to overcome. It's so cool. Those are experts from DroneShowSoftware.com. I mean, a drone is not cheap. <laughs> a thousand of them to fly around <laughs> in circles, also not cheap. But it's cool. Like, it's so cool to, to see the uh, synchronization of these drones flying in the sky with the colors and the lights. It's a work of art. A Texas man put together a drone show of a QR code. It flew over the skies of Dallas, Texas on April Fool's. Perfect. And if you lifted up your camera, if you don't know QR codes, if you just use your camera on your phone on the QR code, it will read that and give you an option to touch and load the data that it links to. It can be a contact for a phone. It can be a link to a website. It can be a link to anything on the Internet. So when you lifted up your camera to this drone show of a QR code in Dallas, Texas, this is what that code linked you to when you scanned it. Yeah. <laughs> so just to be clear, the entire city of Dallas was officially rickrolled on April Fool's oh, with a drone show QR code. It's beautiful. That's one of the greatest. That's that's a crowning achievement for humanity. That's a step in the right direction, my friends. I absolutely agree. This is really cool. Um, okay. The uh, entire city rickrolled a collaboration between Fort Worth based Sky Elements and Rockwell based Jared Gines, who put together massive nerf battles on YouTube. A bit of a stunt to get clicks and watches. The QR code was made up of 300 drones designed to perform light shows, perform light shows in the sky. That's amazing. I think it's going to be a big thing. I think it's going to be a big competition. You know the fireworks competitions? Mm-hmm. This, I think this will be another version Next of step. that. Yep, I could see that. You know, along the same lines, I just want to give a shout out to the people who put together the New Music Friday list on Spotify because last Friday being April the 1st, the music I grab off for New Music Monday, the list, uh, right smack dab in the middle of the New Music Friday list was Rick Astley, never going to give you up. And I was just like, oh, that's, ah, amazing. that's good. We got Rick rolled. I once Rick rolled about 200 people. I uh, was, uh, it was a talent show and I got up on stage and said I was going to perform an interpretive dance. And then I, and then I lip synced, never going to give you up. And I'll never forget my camp counselor came up to me 
He grabbed me by the shoulders. He looked me dead in the eye and he said, I cannot believe I just got Rickrolled in 2014. That was almost 10 years ago. And an entire city just got Rickrolled. Right. (laughs) Still a thing. It's just a timeless thing that people are going to one up each other for as long as humans exist. That that song is going to be more known for the Rickroll than it is actually for being a a hit song from so long ago. Yeah. I think it already is. (laughs) Let us do one more. Are you okay with DNA tests? Uh, Yes. I did it. Yeah, I did a genealogy one and we found all the Irish roots, which were cool. I want to do one on my mom's side and figure out where the rest of me comes from. I think it's cool that you can do that. Not everybody can, unfortunately, but. Yeah. yeah. They found uh, the Hewitts. They found uh, some of the big family tree through that stuff, which is kind of cool. I think it's neat when you when you look it up. I mean, Brennan Kelly's DNA goes straight to the 80s and New Wave music in Florida. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't match anyone else in my family for the most part. No? Like, they don't like any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm assuming my mom likes Florida because she lives there, but, I mean, I, I don't like Florida. <laughs> DNA tests can lead to some memorable things, like TV moments. You are not the father, especially on Maury. In the case of 11-month-old Lila, Drew, you are not. Is that really good news, though? Because, I mean, that's technically your girlfriend. (laughs) It's never a dull moment on that show when it was on, man. It really only had one episode over and over and over again. And I would watch it all over again. Every day. So DNA terrible. tests can also drop some earth-shattering news, too. David Barry from California took a DNA test, discovered he was not the biological son of his father. Uh, he took more tests and discovers that he and 36-year-old Morgan Helquist are half-siblings. Barry and Helquist and their mothers used artificial insemination using the same fertility doctor, Morris Wartman, in Rochester, New York. They had a gut feeling that there could be more siblings out there. A biological daughter Wartman raised agreed to take a DNA test. Barry said she matched him, Helquist, and all of the siblings. So this is kind of wild to think that the doctor was um, donating to his own business, if you will. The story takes an even more unbelievable turn. I am the product of something that should have never happened with a an unconscionable violation of ethics at a minimum. He's someone I can't escape because... His DNA is in me. His DNA is in my son. I wrestle with that. From the first time I held my son, that man was in the room with me. For Morgan, the story takes a darker turn. For the previous decade, Dr. Wartman was also her gynecologist. How did you tell your mother? When we found out, like, there wasn't any need to tell her. I was screaming and sobbing at the top of my lungs. Helquist filing a lawsuit against Wartman in September, alleging, among other things, that he committed medical malpractice by treating her when he likely knew he was her biological father. Wartman's team denying the charges. Uh, Do not pass. Go straight to jail, please. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, that is so sick. Now, for those families, they've got to live with that forever, just forever and ever and ever. Helquist said, despite the pain, there is a silver lining. David and my siblings are, if not uh, even bittersweet, is that they're the shining glue that holds me together during all of this. I mean, so I guess you have a support system of other people that have done that. I've been, that's so sick. I've been watching the Hollywood medium with Tyler Henry 
on Netflix, which is great, by the way. And in that storyline of that TV show, he's amazing. Uh, his mom went through that and just recently found out that she, her mother, who she thought her mother was not her mother. And um, so that's one of the underlying threads of that show, the Hollywood Medium, Hollywood Medium with Tyler Henry on Netflix. You can watch it. And uh, excuse me, um, on Prime, I believe is where it is. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.